for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Tim Kawakami of The Athletic about the Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. The Warriors took a commanding three games to one lead over the Memphis Grizzlies after game four on Monday night. They did so without Steve Kerr, who entered the COVID protocols. They also did so without Klay Thompson making a three-pointer. The Warriors' three-point shooting has been scarce this postseason. Outside of that 142 performance on Saturday night, 142 points they scored against the Grizzlies in game three on Saturday. All stuff we can talk about with Tim Kawakami, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, May 11th. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Tim Kawakami. Of course, read him all over, covering everything in The Athletic. And uh, today's focus is going to be on the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Tim, uh, good to have you back, man. How are you? I'm really good, Adam. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Uh, so, so how'd you take in uh, Game 4 of the Western Conference Semifinals, man? It was a uh, a different feeling game, mostly because nobody was ejected, right? <laughs> nobody was ejected. There was a thousand things going on. Uh, you know, I asked the first question of Mike Brown after the press. I was like, there's like a thousand things that we could ask you. You got hired by the Sacramento Kings. Teams dealing with, you know, Draymond Green losing his good friend, Adrian Payne. Uh, then Steve Kirk, you know, test positive COVID. And Mike Brown, you're the coach, you know, at about 5.15. <laughs> For a seven o'clock tip, it was uh, really a lot of line things you could say. You know, maybe that led to the really, really sluggish play, sloppy play, whatever you want to call it, by the Warriors and by Memphis. Like Memphis wasn't playing great either. I was thinking the whole time, if Memphis could just make a few shots, they would win this game. And they made a few right in the third quarter. You thought that okay, that might be it. Desmond Bain hits that you know buzzer feeder. I think puts them up seven. But we know with the Warriors, it just takes a little bit if you let them close. Steph Curry at some point probably going to start making baskets. Did not quite happen for some of the others, but that was enough. It was just a weird game. A lot of things, a lot of, you know, just emotional stew and adjustments and adapting. But you know what? This team has been through this. That was the point. Like, they've been through losing Steve Kerr in the playoffs. They've been through, you know, suffering some losses. They've been through these things. They've got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Godala on the bench, obviously not playing. Like they can guide themselves through some of this, and we probably saw a Memphis team that has not been through as much, did not have John Morant clearly, but could have won this game, could have really reset the series, and it was the old wise heads who came through. It did sort of feel like that because you mentioned, you know, the Warriors have gone through these sort of losses, not just recently, like throughout this dynastic run where they've been without Steve Kerr. I think Mike Brown 11-0 and in 2017 in the playoffs as acting head coach. But the Grizzlies have been through it a little bit this year, 20-5 and without John Morant, which basically means they're like a 60-win team without John Morant if you extrapolate that over the course of a season. Does it feel like even as a young team, when they came into the playoffs this year, they were kind of, I don't want to say they were a surprise team because they did make the postseason last year, but off Oftentimes you don't see young teams go on deep runs like this. Does this feel like the growing pains type of playoff series that the Grizzlies need to go through before they can make that next step? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think the Minnesota series was an eye-opener for me. They should have gone right through the Timberwolves. I mean, we all know there's talent in Minnesota, but it's not playoff winning talent quite yet. And the fact that the Grizzlies were life and death with them, like what, three times they were down 10 in the fourth quarter and had a rally back, which does tell you about Memphis, but it tells you maybe more about Minnesota and I just like circled. I go, that's not exactly the kind of team that I think is going to knock off the Warriors. However, you think the Warriors are going right now, I think the Warriors are going to be able to try to, you know, gut out a series, which is what I predicted before. Um, maybe some of this is coming true. Moran is a special talent, but he is not good defensively. And we saw that he's in the game, uh, in game three, the Warriors score 142. 
And that's when Dylan Brooks is out. Dylan Brooks is back in. John Moran is out. We're score with 102. It's not as easy as that, but the Memphis has got a lot of players. I mean, they, they're deep. They just have to put it together. They, they, some of the things don't quite fit maybe on a championship level. They're close to fitting, and we know what they did to the Warriors in the regular season. We, we know what they, you know, the record they put up. Just a little, you know, just some pieces missing, I think. Just some, you know, little squeamishes. I, I was not impressed by their begging for suspensions for Jordan Poole twice, right, when he took three steps on the court. Uh, after the Gary Payton injury, uh, clearly not an NBA thing to suspend somebody for taking three steps to be when you're concerned for your for your teammate, and there's no incident afterwards. And then obviously campaigning for him to be suspended on the John Morant, uh, you know, grab tug of his knee, whatever, which was a basketball play. Like that, that showed me a team that maybe isn't ready for this. You know, and teams can have emotions. I get grievances. That's what the playoffs are. But don't beg for suspensions, right? That's that's not exactly how you feel big time. That's not how you portray big time. That's how you portray, uh-oh, we need one of their best players out. Let's try to find a way to get him out of the series. And every team does some of that. I, I think this has been a little bit of exposure for the Grizzlies not quite being ready for the, the primest of times, which is trying to beat the Warriors in the playoffs. It certainly doesn't portray a grit and grind, which is something the Grizzlies like to hang their hat on. Uh, Taylor Jenkins, even after Game 4, uh, had a comment about Draymond Green's uh, sort of flyby of Jaron Jackson Jr. on that three-point attempt at the end of the game. said, we'll have to see what the league uh, says of that. We're going to have to uh, – uh, I'm curious to see what the league has to say about that play. I thought it was very, very Greg Popovich-y, but without the titles, right? Yeah, I mean, he comes from that tree, and you know, understand. You know, and the Warriors have done some of this in the past themselves, and maybe the Grizzlies think they did that with the Dylan Brooks player foul, which I think anybody would say that was that was bad. <laughs> uh, and I was sitting in that arena, and FedEx Forum is not an unpartisan moment, right? That's not a bunch of fans who are willing to give the, the Warriors any benefit of the doubt. And even they, when they saw the replay, went, "Oh." So, uh, like, it, it just it feels overdone. It feels overplayed. That's okay. They're a good team. I'm not discrediting their their talent is immense and it's deep. I think they're banged up. You know, I think that six game series against Minnesota maybe tired them out. Certainly for game one, Desmond Bain has not been the same player that he was in that series or throughout the season. They didn't have Adams for the first three games. I didn't think that was going to be a big deal, but he played great last night. Started played great with 16 rebounds. I think Warriors did not like going inside against them. Forced a lot of turnovers when they're kicking the ball out or just kind of frantic passing. That was all part of playoffs. So, like, guys come in, come out. Warriors lost Gary Payne in the second, don't have Andre at all. These things happen in the playoffs. I would say it underlines the Warriors' urgency, if they can, to, to get this over in Game 5 because you just don't want to put your bodies through more of it. You get worn down. If Phoenix goes deep, they're going to go at least six. That's going to be a tired team turning around for the Western Conference Finals. But it's the Warriors there, and they've been resting, you know, from Wednesday on. And, I, you know, I think the, the next series at the latest would start on Wednesday, so they have a week off. They like that. You know, look at this team. Like, they get banged up. Draymond's face is still banged up from that elbow he took from Xavier Tillman. Who knows what could happen in the next game. You just want to get this thing over as quickly as possible, get rest, get Steve Kerr healthy again because you're not going to coach five, game five, and then, you know, maybe meet a tired team to start the next series. This is what the playoffs are. 
Yeah, and for a while it looked kind of like this would be the the tired series team, right? Like whoever came out of this might be going on to face uh, a Phoenix without a pound of flesh or something. And I want to ask you about the the rotation for the Warriors. They played a lot of minutes. Uh, the starters did in Game Four. Draymond thirty three, Steph and Clay both went thirty eight. Andrew Wiggins thirty nine minutes. Jonathan Kaminga, as you mentioned, uh, Stephen Adams out there was not really a rotational piece in this one. Played just five minutes. What did you think of his performance in Game Three? I thought that was a great little plug and play by Steve Kerr in place of uh, of Gary Payton the second. He's rangy, he's explosive, he was really efficient. I think he was 8 of 10 for 18 points from the field in Game 3. I thought maybe we'd see a little bit more of him, but obviously the, the rookie growing pains you go through with a 19-year-old. What have you thought of Jonathan Kaminga so far in the, the limited play throughout the postseason? Yeah, I mean, I like Kaminga. I've always liked Kaminga. I just think he does different stuff, stuff that they need. You know, those tough, hard, athletic twos. Just get to the basket and finish. Now, I don't know that Kaminga was going to finish on Steven Adams all the time. He did start, got the you know gets the cameo start, and comes out and never goes back in again. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just think these are good minutes for him. I think they're going to need him in the next series and the series after that. I, if I'm the Warriors, I'd keep playing him and, and kind of accept the mistakes. I think he was a you know he's a minus again. I think he's been a minus in almost every one of his, his outings in the playoffs. I think you accept that and you just try to get the other stuff, the free buckets. You know, they they get extra buckets with, with Kaminga. You know, they're just he, they throw ahead, he beats his guy down, and that's a dunk. Boom, it's not even close. He backdoors, there's somebody closing late, he dunks over him. These are not buckets they get from anybody else. GP2 uh, was able to do it without, without GP2. They need, they need some of They didn't get a lot. They didn't get a lot from Kaminga. They didn't play him a lot. I do think they need more from him. They set up the closer and closing lineup, which is that small lineup, without a order or pool, and then they both come in and they close. He was huge, right? Hit three threes. I don't know how much more they can count on him. You ride him as long as you can. He has been an immense plus player. He's the second best plus player in the postseason just behind Draymond. But, like, they need some more legs out there, I think. I think this, that's their reinforcement. They got one more reinforcing piece. That's it. It's Jonathan Kaminga. They've given him a taste of it. I think they can get more out of him. I think he can get, you know, get the feel of a, of a series, maybe particularly against Phoenix. You know, the, the, the length and the athleticism Phoenix has, the open court play, you're going to need help defending Booker and Chris Paul. He might even get some turns on Chris Paul that like having him defend point guards. And John Kaminga, next series, I'd point to John Kaminga maybe getting, and instead of five-minute cambio, he gets those two, two stints. You know, maybe he gets 10 minutes. Maybe he gets 15 minutes just to try to amp up the pace and maybe get some easier baskets. We thought uh, they used some easy baskets last night, uh, Copes. Yeah, I think they could have. They <laughs> no baskets were easy. Every, like a free throw was huge in last night. Free throws were humongous in last night's game. And there might be two or three games like that in the Western Conference Finals. There's a guy who might get you some easy buckets just running the floor, and, and that's John Kaminga. Yeah, you put it out the free throws. That was the difference in the game. 9 of 15 for the Grizzlies, 20 of 22 from the stripe uh, for the Warriors. I want to ask you before we go about the three-point shooting, though. It's obviously not been as efficient for the Warriors, certainly in this series or for Steph Curry all season long. They had a game where they shot like 18%, right, and, uh, and yep, still uh, yep. just just lost by five in uh, in game two. Uh, last night or, or in, uh, in game four, 24%, 9 of 37 from three-point range. Do you attribute this to the Grizzlies' defense? I, I know the Warriors early in the series were getting some some bad looks, maybe some forced looks. Steph, 4 of 14 in Game 4. Otto Porter, as you mentioned, obviously, actually the uh, the best percentage shooter from three-point range, 4 of 6. Clay Thompson went 0 for 7 from three-point land in Game 4. What do you attribute the poor three-point shooting to to the Warriors in this series? I think the Grizzlies defense has got them out of rhythm. And 
once they're out in a rushing. Clay's rushing because those closeouts are so fast, they're so long, and so he's out of rhythm. And then when he gets a one with time, he's not in rhythm. And we're seeing like he's lining. I mean, Steph was lining some of them up last time. I get literally feeling the laces, looking at it, pause, put it up, and miss. I just think they feel rushed early. And it doesn't get them into feeling great late. Now, Steph came on at the end. Uh, as they mentioned, he got a few free throws. He feels better. The ball's going through the bucket. You get to the rim. Clay has not really gotten to the free throw line this postseason, and it really is in his game. That's one thing where Steph and, and Jordan Poole can do that. They can get to the rim, get knocked down, get up, make the two free throws, and then the basket starts looking a little bigger to them. The Grizzlies make it hard to feel like you're in rhythm because they fly at you. Dylan Brooks, a very, very not popular guy in the Bay Area, but he wrestles with Steph. He just makes it tough for Steph to get looks. He fights through screens. And they're better on defense without Jock, right? I mean, there's just, it's, it's not even a question. So some of those shots that they might feel like they can get, they were not getting. Tyus Jones is not a great defensive player, but he's longer, he's bigger. You know, he can just he can switch a little easier. They have some issues right now. There's some injuries, obviously, with Jock. I think Desmond Dane is not himself. But, hey, that's the playoffs. You gut through it. You squeeze it out. You just try to win the dang thing. And then you get to the next series. And, and the Warriors have done that. They've had many days before. And they can do it. They did it last night. They can do it again. They might do it game five. Uh, then take a deep breath and see what you got probably for the Suns next round. Ham and egg it until you get to the Phoenix Suns. I like it, man. Tim, always fun talking and, uh, and catching up, man. Doing a great job. Uh, everything you write is fantastic, dude. But right now, specifically on the Warriors and the Grizzlies, we'll keep reading you and following you, and uh, we'll check in sometime. Maybe uh, Western Conference Finals or NBA Finals. Thanks so much. You got it anytime, Cubs. Great stuff from Tim Kawakami. Make sure you're reading him and following him. Great features uh, throughout all of the NBA postseason on the Warriors and the Grizzlies, specifically in this series. And uh, maybe my favorite note from uh, from Game 4 was uh, this is the first win in the playoffs by a Sacramento Kings head coach since 2006 because Mike Brown named the head coach of the Sacramento Kings but will not pick up those duties until the Warriors are done with their playoff run. So we'll see what happens. Sounds like Steve Kerr, because of the COVID protocol, is going to be out for Game 5. We should get an update on that sometime later this week. Thank you to Tim Kawakami. Thank you to Brian Smith, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. On Friday, we'll dive into a little bit of Giants baseball. They open up another three-game series, this time with the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. Giants hit the road again. Katie Wu of The Athletic is going to join us talking a little Giants and Cardinals. A couple of teams with postseason hopes this year. The Cardinals off to a very good start. So we'll get into some of that. And then a little bit later into next week, we'll talk about the Mike Brown hiring with Kenny Carraway uh, about the Sacramento. Sacramento Kings and whether Mike Brown can be the head coach to take them back to the playoffs. It is the longest playoff drought for the Sacramento Kings, the longest of any team, 16 seasons in NBA history. So that's all coming in the days and weeks ahead until Friday. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.